Good evening, and uh, it's good to have you with us for our Bible study uh, this evening. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13, starting to read at verse 1. Keep on loving each other as brothers. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Remember those in prison, as if you were their fellow prisoners and those who are ill-treated, as if you yourselves were suffering. Marriage should be honoured by all, and the marriage bed kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money, and be content with what you have, because God has said, Never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Shall we pray? Our Father, again we come to you before we look at this passage and we ask your blessing upon us that you might open up these words to our understanding that we might learn more of you. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1 to 8. I've titled this for this evening, um, The Evidence of Faith in Our Lives. Now, after all that's been said about the importance of the law under the old covenant given to Moses, and the greater importance of the new covenant in Christ, the writer now turns to how this should be applied in our daily life. He's going to discuss what we might call the everyday things of life, but within them we will see the important inclusion of both duty and doctrine. Two good words there, remember them, we might consider them a bit later. The call is to walk by faith. Faith, as we have seen in chapter 11, faith that reveals the evidence of being accepted by God under the old covenant and the evidence of being accepted by God under the new covenant. And as we go through this passage, I want us to notice the importance of the presence of the one who is the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we've already seen how he is greater than the angels, greater than Moses, greater than the high priest, and his sacrifice was far greater than all the other sacrifices that had been made on Jewish altars. And what follows centers around Jesus and who he is and in what we have in him. Let's just have a reminder from our previous chapter, chapter 12, and it's the last verse, Hebrews 12, verse 26. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. A reminder for us about, about who God is. So we come to Hebrews chapter 13. Now, verses 1 through to verse 3. Here we have encouragement for these people and for us to keep up the good work that is already being done. So chapter 13 verse 1, keep on, 
Notice that word. Keep on. Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. You know, when we do this, we are showing unity within the church. And this is something that must be maintained. That's why the writer said, keep on, keep on doing it. If we go to Romans chapter 12, we have this verse 10 where Paul says, Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. So there's a recommendation to us to keep on doing what we are doing. And then in verse 2, do not forget. So do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. This again is something that is being done and something that needs to be done and it must never be neglected. So do not forget. Now the first readers of this letter would have known the history of their nation. They would have known about those who had shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. They would know about the life of Abraham. When an angel visited Abraham, initially Abraham didn't know that he was an angel. The same with Gideon. Gideon welcomed this stranger when he didn't realize who that stranger was, that the stranger was an angel. And then we have the account of Manoah, the father of Samson. And he didn't recognize the person who he'd met with as being an angel. It was only afterwards. And when he recognized it, he said to his wife, we, we've seen God, we, we will die. And his wife said, no, calm down. <laughs> we've seen an angel, but we won't die because we've seen an angel. Because if we did, the promise he gave would not be able to come about. So there's people from the history of the nation of Israel who have entertained angels unawares. And the first readers of this letter, um, in the days in which it was written, as groups of Christians would not have a dedicated building to meet in. They would gather in each other's houses. Now, any traveling servants of God who visited them would struggle to find accommodation. But they were offered a place where they could stay. Stay with a family from the church. And we see this situation being referred to in Paul's letters as he was shown hospitality as he traveled from place to place and how he would commend people such as Timothy and Titus to churches, knowing that they would need to be shown hospitality. And that hospitality would be shown by the people of the church, and those visitors would probably end up staying with one of the families from the church. No travel lodges or premier inns in those days. We come to Romans, Romans 12, 13. This is what Paul said in Romans. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. You know, although things are different in our day, the requirement to show hospitality is still just as important as it was then. And the writer goes on in verse 3 of chapter 13. And here he has the word, continue. 
You see, he's encouraging them to go on in doing what they are doing. Continue to remember those in prison, as if you were together with them in prison, and those who are ill-treated, as if you, you yourselves were suffering. They are doing this, and it's important for them to do this, and it's important for them to continue to remember those who are suffering and those who are being persecuted. You know, here, for us in our day, works like Open Doors and Barnabas show us that on a worldwide scale, things haven't changed much. Christians are still suffering for their faith. Christians are still being imprisoned because they trust in Jesus. Now we move on to Hebrews 4 verse 5. And if you want to put a little uh, title over this verse, it is Honour the Divine Instructions of God. Verse 4. Marriage should be honoured by all, and the marriage bed kept pure, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. Now, it appears from this that marriage was being both denied on one hand and abused on the other. Paul, in 1 Timothy, throws a little more light on what was happening within the church in general in the days when this letter was written. 1 Timothy 4 verse 1 to 3. The Spirit clearly says that in later times some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. They forbid people to marry and order them to abstain from certain foods which God created to be received with thanksgiving by those who believe and who know the truth. The sad fact is that today God's word is not only being rejected, but it is being misinterpreted, twisted in a way to make it say things that it doesn't say, in order to introduce self-styled policies into what we see as the established church here in our land. And many of these things are now being encouraged to become statutory law. See, the aim of the false teachers has always been the same, as in the days when this letter was written, and in our day today, to deter people from doing what was right in the sight of God, and to encourage them to do things that were contrary to God's way. And sadly, both these things are also being done in the name of religion. Now we move from morality to materialism. And the reference here to money has a wider implication. It includes having a love for the things that money can bring. So verse 5. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. I want us to go uh, to Luke chapter 12 
and verse 14 and 15. We have the words of Jesus to the rich fool, the young man who came and asked him questions about his inheritance. And Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out, be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist of an abundance of possession. And again, let's go to another passage. It's a passage of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9 to 10. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. This is a part of this verse that is so often misquoted. You see, money is not the root of all evil. And that is not what the scripture says. It says, for the love of money is the root of all evil. You see, there's nothing intrinsically wrong with money. But what can be wrong is our attitude towards it and our use of it. So we're going through these things that the people are already doing to be encouraged to continue. But how are they going to be helped to do this? Who is going to help them? Well, that brings us to verse 6 of chapter 13. We say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The writer Knowing that these Jewish Christians will be familiar with the Psalms, he quotes a verse from Psalm 118. And this is one of the Messianic Psalms, one of the Psalms that speaks about the Messiah, one of the Psalms that speaks about Jesus. And in this Psalm, verse 6 of Psalm 118, and this is the quote, and this is uh, where it's from, from Psalm 118, verse 6. And this reads, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So the result is that we have confidence. Confidence in having the Lord's help. And within this, within this statement, there is an acknowledgement that we need his help. In the words of Paul in Romans 8.31 What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Now we move through our chapter 13 in Hebrews and I just want to say before we look at this next little section that it's okay to look to others and see them as being examples for us to follow. Because that's what the writer is saying here. But we have to see what he's saying in the context of how he says it. So we come to verse 7. He says, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Now, these people he's speaking about would have um, been people who were in, in, involved in the lives of the readers of this letter. 
Those who had come to faith by hearing the gospel brought to them by people, people who may no longer be alive. Some may have been martyred. Notice the wording, who spoke the word of God to you? It's referring back to a time when the gospel was preached and then it would have been mostly preached by word of mouth and through the lives that people lived. We have a lot more access to the gospel in our day. But remember, they didn't even have what we have in our New Testaments. I'm sure that we today can look back with fond memories of those who played a part in our journey of coming to faith in Jesus. But in doing that, and it's good to do that, but in doing that, we must remember that Jesus is above all others. Verse 8, excuse me. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So this is a reminder that as we are being encouraged to imitate the way of the lives lived by other people, This is only to be in the way that they imitated Jesus. Because they, like us, were not perfect. But Jesus is. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. So be encouraged when we look at the lives of others, uh, the way they live, their faith, and, and look to see Jesus in them so that we might be imitators of Jesus. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16 and 17. Again, Paul is speaking here to the church at Corinth this time. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. For this reason, I have sent to you Timothy, and my, Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord. He will remind you of my way of life. In Christ Jesus, which agrees with what I teach everywhere in every church. Notice the importance there of these words that Paul is saying, imitate me, my way of life. But what he's saying, my way of life in Christ Jesus. In other words, Paul is saying, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. You know, our walk by faith should cover every aspect of our lives. How we live as individuals, how we live in fellowship with each other, how we react to those outside of the church. This is our responsibility and there should be no division between doctrine and duty. I mentioned doctrine and duty at the beginning when we started this evening. And sometimes we shy away from using the words doctrine and duty. You see, we wrongly associate them with having to comply with a set of rules. Let me put it this way and put it on a human level. If what we have been taught is for our benefit and for the benefit of others, And if we use those skills to benefit ourselves and others, then by doing our duty, we are doing exactly what we have been taught to do. And on a human level, in these days of COVID-19, we can take as an example our NHF staff 
we are very grateful to our NHS staff who, by doing what they've been taught to do, are a great benefit to us. And like you, I commend them for what they do. So let's now take that and look at it on a spiritual level, through the eyes of the gospel. The writer of the Hebrews is telling Christians that by believing that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, and by living by the principles taught by him, what we get is we put duty and doctrine together. And this is not only a blessing to us and a blessing to others, more than that, it is to the glory of God. Back to our title for this evening. These things are evidence of faith in our lives. Faith we have in Jesus. And the evidence of that is seen in how we live. I just finished this evening with Hebrews 11 verse 6, passage we've looked at already, but I just want to draw your attention to this verse as we close. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Father, we just ask you to bless our time together as we've gathered around your word. You know our condition. You know how we feel at this time, this difficult time as we go through this COVID situation, this many problems. But our Father, we pray that through these words we've looked at this evening, you will encourage us, you will strengthen us, and that we will go forward, not in our strength, but in your strength and in your name. And in the name of Jesus, we ask it. Amen.